Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to episode 86 of the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. Buy Now Pay Later in the UK is used as a catch-all for many different forms of credit provider, and not all Buy Now Pay Later providers are created equal. You get kind of younger, more vulnerable consumers falling into significant amounts of debt and often being very surprised when a debt collection letter comes through the post. It's a case of actually, well, this is a really quick and easy way for people to access credit. And when it's accessed in the right time with the right money behind it, it's, it's a great and flexible option, but it just slips out of control. It, it, it spirals them into a situation where the debt becomes unmanageable. Along with money experts Jenny Ross and Gareth Shaw, this week we'll be shining a light on buy now, pay later, discussing the meteoric rise of the schemes that let you delay payments interest-free as well as their flaws and the welcome news that's shaken up the industry this week. We are which. Shopping online over the last year, you've probably noticed buy now, pay later as a new way to pay at the checkout. And it seems that almost in the blink of an eye, it's become incredibly popular. Since the beginning of the pandemic, 5 million Brits have used one of these schemes. Now, during its rise, red flags and cracks in the system have emerged. But just this week, the Financial Conduct Authority announced it will start regulating buy now, pay later companies, which is big news and the good news we've been hoping for, uh, which. But, but Gareth, before we dive into this and the problem with buy now, pay later, can we rewind a bit and outline how it all works? Well, you're probably quite familiar with the concept of buy now, pay later. These schemes have been around for decades. You know, it used to be particularly on big ticket items, your sofas, your televisions, your fridge, where you would uh, go into a store, you would buy the item, you'd be able to take it home straight away, but you would set up a repayment plan um, to pay that off, say, over a 12 or 24 month period. Sometimes you'd be charged interest on that. Um, Other times you would, um, you know, you'd get 0% interest so long as you made those repayments over that longer period. What we're talking about here with Buy Now, Pay Later is a a kind of new breed of um, scheme. It's technology that's integrated into the uh, retailer's website, sometimes in their store as well, uh, that allows you to spread the cost of um, your purchase over a much shorter period. We're talking, you know, 30 days, 
um, four payments, three payments, six payments over a few weeks. So, you know, you, you wouldn't you would usually take about between, you know, 30 days and say 12 weeks to um, pay off an item. That payment would come off your credit card or debit card, whatever you enter in when you make the purchase. And you, you end up repaying the buy now, pay later firm. So the buy now, pay later firm pays the retailer up front, you get your item straight away, and then you start making repayments to the likes of Klarna, ClearPay, Layby. Um, they're, they're some of the biggest names out there. You don't pay any interest. And crucially, you're not entering into a formal credit agreement. So with the old style buy now, pay later, um, you're signing up to a credit agreement. There's a whole load of obligations on you to um, you know, make those repayments and terms and conditions that you have to satisfy. With these, you're entering into a repayment plan that's not a formal credit agreement. Typically, these don't get reported on your credit file. You don't get a hard credit check. You might get a soft credit check to, to check your identity and your eligibility. But um, if you miss a payment, that won't show up on your um, credit history as it would with a, a, a formal credit agreement. Um, and look, you said it, Lucia, the way we're living right now, online shopping is going through the roof. And, you know, we can't go into, for example, um, our local clothes store to try on some clothes and, and then take home the thing that fits well and looks great and is the thing that we want to buy. So it can be quite handy to have a service that allows you to defer payment while you choose what you want. You might order £500 worth of clothing and only keep one item and, you know, have to send the rest back. You don't have to take the hit of spending 500 quid and then wait for that 450 quid to come back to you. Uh, you, you only pay for what you keep uh, after 30 days or, or over a three month period. So in that sense, used sensibly, buy now, pay later can be very, very handy in this kind of time of strictly online shopping. As you just mentioned there, Gareth, one of the world's biggest buy now, pay later providers is Layby. You might have come across it shopping online at the likes of JD Sports and Zavi. And this week, we've been catching up with its CEO and founder, Gary Roloff, about how the company began. We were sitting down for dinner as a family, my wife and I and our two boys. At that stage, they were aged 24 and or 23 and 19. And the younger one was talking about uh, the part-time job he had because he was at university and wishing he could buy a pair of jeans and uh, pick them up today and pay them off over a period of time out of his wages because he, he wanted a new pair of jeans to go out in. And I had said to him, well, that's very similar to an idea I had when I was running a company called Easy Buy here back in the early 2000s. And then he said in typical teenage fashion, well, why don't you stop talking about it and do something about it? So we did. The principle behind it sounds pretty straightforward and Layby and other buy now pay later companies seem to have neatly solved the issue Gary set out there with, with the jeans example. But Jenny, as we're about to hear from you, beneath this kind of glossy, slick exterior, there are risks and we've had concerns about buy now pay later for a while now at which, haven't we? We have. And in fact, a lot of those concerns are tied up with with that slick exterior that so many of these these firms present. So the, the products themselves are designed to be as frictionless as possible so that you as a customer have to go through practically no effort at all to uh, to, to sign up and to, and to complete your 
uh, your purchase on on a website. Um, you know, unlike a credit card, you don't need to go through the rigmarole of making a separate application, waiting for for a decision on that application, and then waiting for the card to arrive. The process is completely integrated with with the online checkout process. In fact, on, on a lot of, of retailers now, you'll actually see that uh, the, the likes of Klarna and Layby and Clearpay are actually like the, the default payment option um, at the checkout. And that in itself, we found has, has caught people out. We did a survey last year that found that one in 10, th- so 13% of people said that they'd actually ended up using buy now, pay later by accident because, because that, was, that was the go-to option when, when they came to pay. But I mean, m- more, more um, broadly, I think the issue with, uh, with these services being so frictionless is that you as the customer aren't really seeing it as a form of credit, which is essentially what it is. You're maybe likening it more to uh, to, the, to PayPal or Apple Pay, you know, just another uh, another payment method. And so as a result, probably aren't paying quite as much attention or aren't scrutinising it as much as you would be if you were, you know, taking out a credit card. And as well as making their products as slick as possible, um, buy now, pay later firms really are masters of marketing. They make sure that their their services are splashed across retailers' sites, that they are presented as as, as an easy uh, problem solving option. Um, there's you'll see advertising over uh, fashion retailers in particular they occupy a lot of space you know just on the home page of many of these sites and on top of that they are sweetening the deal partnering with retailers by offering all sorts of goodies for for selecting that that payment option so that could be express checkout which means that you can complete your purchase more more quickly and enter fewer details discounts as well you know you could get 10% off your first order if you sign up to to Klarna and co and these tactics are really working back to that survey uh, one in five told us that they used buy now pay later specifically because they were offered a discount to do so I think the, the the most striking stat from 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 that survey that we did was that nearly a quarter of people who'd used buy now pay later said they spent more than they planned to because buy now pay later was what uh, was available. So it, it's it's back to what what Gareth was saying about yes, it's it's fantastically convenient that you could order five hundred quid's worth of of clothing and decide what you want and without that 500 quid having to come off your your bank statement but the problem comes where the temptation the pull of these schemes is actually making you spend more than you can afford and the worst case scenario is that you end up falling into debt as a result. And many others have also been campaigning for greater affordability checks and warnings to be put in place, including the founder of the Regulate Buy Now, Pay Later campaign, Alice Tapper. Interestingly, Alice stresses how young people in particular have been affected. On the one hand, you get kind of younger, more vulnerable consumers falling into significant amounts of debt and often being very surprised when a debt collection letter, you know, comes through the post. And and the really concerning thing about that is that these products are now the first interaction with credit and debt for for many consumers, young consumers. Um, And when there isn't the information kind of that you would expect, for example, when applying for a credit card, there's lots of things to, you know, tick boxes and things to read and terms and conditions. That's just not the case. So 
yes, I think we can argue that personal responsibility is, is a good thing. However, for these consumers in particular, it was it was becoming very clear that there simply wasn't the information at the point of purchase or anywhere really on the customer journey to say, hold on a second, do you know that this is actually a credit product and there might be possible consequences of, of not making a, a payment, for example. You know, in equal, equal quantities, there were also a, a vast number of consumers who got in touch saying, um, I'm the victim of fraud. Someone's managed to use my Klarna ClearPay account um, and 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 has you know purchased a few items. And I've only learned about this when I got a late payment letter or a debt collection letter, for example. As Alice says at the end there, there is also the problem of identity fraud with criminals signing up to these firms in other people's names. This is exactly what happened to Stephanie from Glasgow when she got an unexpected delivery she hadn't ordered. One day I got a call from my mum saying that I had a parcel delivered to their address, which I do often do on an occasion just because it's easier to get delivered um, to their address. But I hadn't ordered anything, so I was kind of confused. Um, and it was a Topshop order and I don't normally... Um, shop in Topshop um, so it was kind of confusing as well so I got my mum to open it and it was a dress which I never would have ordered like it wasn't like to my fashion st- taste and stuff like that um, and my mum looked at the invoice and sent me a picture of it and it basically said like paid via Klarna and I was just kind of confused because one I haven't used Klarna but two I don't shop in Topshop so I was kind of confused by that I kind of thought that someone had stolen my identity and applied um, to use the credit in my name um, so basically I had to phone Klarna in the first instance to tell them basically what happened like I'd received these goods and this wasn't me that was applying for them they ended up shutting the fraudulent account and they just said that I would need to contact Topshop essentially to get the um, items returned because obviously I couldn't keep them although they were very helpful in getting the account closed there maybe could have been more stuff that they could have done. Gareth what is it about these companies that's made them a target for fraudsters? Well it's a fairly frictionless process to you know sign up to a buy now pay later scheme um, at the checkout. Uh, Think about applying for a credit card, applying for a, a loan, any other debt product you need a significant amount of personal information to enter. Uh, It's quite a protracted process and it takes a a while for that product or that money to end up in your hands. Whereas with buy now, pay later, if you've used one of these services, it's really quick to do, you know, uh, enter in a few bits of information, your date of birth, your address, and away you go. Of course, there's technology in the background doing verification and, and, you know, the providers will say that they take fraud really seriously and have loads of stuff that you can't see going on. But, you know, something that frictionless is going to be a target for fraudsters. Look, we hear anecdotal evidence of fraud occurring. The the, the providers say it's not high, but it is occurring. And look, scammers, fraudsters, they are sophisticated. Um, And when they see something new and emerging, they will hop on that to try and take advantage of that. That's why something like regulation is really important. You know, it gives a set of rules for these firms to follow and a regulator can strengthen those rules if they see, you know, an element of what that that provider offers um, is putting consumers at risk. So, 
much like any kind of new information that's out there, we've talked about this in past podcasts, you know, if, if there's a big government, government announcement, scammers will hop on that to try and hoodwink you into thinking you're getting genuine communication. You've got a new way to pay here and, and fraudsters are, are going to look to, at ways of exploiting that and taking advantage of it. Now, on the issue of it being too easy to access credit, we've also been speaking with Jonathan Shaw from Christians Against Poverty about how it can all spiral out of control. 66% of our clients, when, when they've come to CAP for help, have, have used some form of credit or another as a means of keeping on top of either their priority bills or sort of household expenditure. So, you know, looking after their family, their kids, making sure they're clothed and things. And it's a case of actually, well, this is a, a really quick and easy way for people to access credit and when it's um, accessed in the right time with the right money behind it it's it's a great and flexible option but for so many of our clients they've they've taken out credit like these sort of products uh, like buy now pay later products and found that it, it just slips out of control it it, it spirals them into a situation where the debt becomes unmanageable there's not those protections or those barriers in place to make sure that uh, you know, any sort of affordability check is carried out to see whether or not this is the right product for the person at the time. We also asked Gary Roloff from Layby to comment on the protections in place. Here he is on the issue of affordability checks and late payments. We open an account for someone and we credit check those people. So we are integrated with Experian in the UK and they give us a credit and affordability score and it's against that score that we issue a lay-by transaction limit. They set up their account with a nominated debit or credit card for which the instalments will be paid from. We'll remind them 24 hours before the payment's due that the payment is due to come out of their account. And if they miss that payment, we'll remind them again that they need to log in and bring their account up to date. If the customer can't pay, we suspend their account so they can't get into a further debt spiral. Uh, by going out and purchasing more, and and there is no interest charged. We do advise them that if they don't pay on time, they may incur a late payment fee of £6, and um, as I say, the account's suspended, so they can't get into a debt spiral. In the worst, worst case scenario, where after 45 days, the payment remains outstanding, then and, and despite all our efforts to communicate with the customer and get them to respond to us, they don't, we would send that debt to a debt collection agency who collects on our behalf. Now, we've heard some of the protections offered by Layby and other buy now, pay later companies run similar processes. And listening to Gary there, it might sound like it already has a lot of checks and protections in place. But with the Financial Conduct Authority now stepping in to regulate buy now, pay later firms, these companies will be put under much greater scrutiny. Jenny, can you talk us through what this means for buy now, pay later? Yeah, as, as it stands, most buy now, pay later firms aren't subject to the to the same level of oversight as uh, credit card companies and, and many other mainstream lenders. And, and the reason for that, it, it, it largely rests on a, on a technicality, which is that some buy now, buy now pay, pay later firms don't charge interest. And so that that puts them slightly beyond um, beyond the remit of the, the Financial Conduct Authority, which is... Um, is tasked with basically keeping the credit market in check. They have a vast set of rules that govern how um, how lenders and, and credit providers in, in various different um, in different categories 
sell their products, how they market them, um, the risk assessments that they that they need to carry out when uh, when customers apply, the extent of information that they that they give to customers, and how they set that out. You know, the, the upshot being they want to the FCA wants to make sure that um, that lenders are treating customers as fairly as possible and that uh, they're making the information and the risks as clear as possible. So what that has meant for for this burgeoning buy now, pay later market being outside of that remit is that um, in practice, those firms on under any obligation to, to signpost risk to signpost risk in the in the way that uh, more traditional lenders are and they they essentially have have free reign on their on their advertising and for you for you as a customer crucially what that means is that you don't really have much much recourse uh, to an official body if things go wrong you know you can't take that complaint to the financial ombudsman service for ex- for example in the same way that you could if you were uh, unhappy with the way that a credit card company had treated you this is really promising news, uh, and it's something that we've been we've been pushing for for a while now. Um, and the you know the FCA has come to the conclusion that there is quite a, a big potential for consumer harm in this market um, for the reasons that we've we've already touched on. You know, potentially limited understanding among customers about uh, what these buy now pay later offers uh, entail, about what protections are available to them about the fact that the, the, these payment options can sometimes present, be presented as the default. And then, of course, the risk of, uh, of, of people falling into, uh, into debt and, and being hit with late fees that they, that they weren't expecting. And when will the FCA actually start to regulate these companies? At the moment, uh, the FCA doesn't have the power to regulate them. They fall outside of the uh, regulator's remit. And what that will require is a change in legislation. So that has to come from the government to empower the FCA to uh, regulate um, these firms. This week, when the uh, FCA published its report into Buy Now, Pay Later and other forms of unsecured credit and said that it wanted to regulate this sector, the Treasury followed up about two minutes later. That's when I got my press release from them saying we are going to act urgently uh, to legislate to um, give the FCA power to regulate these firms, which is great. But urgently is just a word. There was no timeline on it. Uh, And even then, once the FCA has the power, it needs to draft its rule book for buy now, pay later firms. It uh, will need to send that out for consultation. It will need to allow time for feedback. It will then finalise its rules uh, once it's had feedback. And then there'll be an implementation period. These things take quite a long time. Um, it's not going to be in March by now pay later firms are regulated. It could be, you know, a minimum something like six months. It, it could be 18 months to two years. It really depends on how urgent the government sees this and um, the FCA sees this on top of a pretty packed agenda anyway. I mean, we were talking about the pandemic, loads of activity on uh, COVID. We've got Brexit and the changes to our domestic agenda and all the other things that the government wants to do, but perhaps hasn't been able to because it's been consumed by um, COVID. So 
we're hoping that something like this doesn't fall off the legislative agenda uh, and, and doesn't get booted because, as Jenny was saying, it's really important that this sector has oversight. But I can't tell you, I do not have a crystal ball on on when buy now, pay later will fall under the FCA's formal gaze. We also have a response from Gary on the recent FCA ruling, who says he wasn't surprised by the news. Oh, look, it's um, pretty much as expected, to be honest. We have been in, as you might expect, reasonably frequent conversation with uh, the team from the Willard Review. Uh, We have spoken with Her Majesty's Treasury and we've spoken to a number of other people within uh, members of parliament even to ensure that we understood what is being expected of us as a buy now, pay later provider, and also to ensure that we were well understood in terms of what we do as a business, because buy now, pay later in the UK is used as a catch-all for many different forms of credit provider, and not all buy now, pay later providers are created equal. Um, Some do have an interest charge, others have a monthly transaction fee uh, subscription model, and so I was very clear in making sure that um, our story was heard. In terms of what the regulator is proposing, and uh, we are well prepared because we do what they're looking for the industry to do now. Credit checking is not something that's new to us. We've done it since the day we started our business. As Gary says, and as we've touched on today, buy now, pay later is used to describe a number of companies operating in slightly or more drastically different ways. Now, as a shopper, what do we need to know before using one of these firms and where will we be able to find this information? Ultimately, it's really important that you that you really understand what it is you're, you're signing up to. Um, you know, you should be asking yourself questions like how long have you got to pay back? What happens if you miss those payments, will this credit be recorded on your credit file? But unfortunately, as as we've heard, this type of information isn't always made as obvious as it should be at the point that you come to sign up to them on, uh, you know, on the checkouts online. Now, hopefully, transparency will improve and that information will be made a lot clearer when uh, when the market does become subject to uh, to FCA regulation. But for now, I think it really is upon us or you know the customer to to take it upon ourselves to to properly understand uh, what we're signing up to and and to avoid being caught out further down the line. And I think the best way of doing that is is actually to to check the providers' websites directly and and do a bit of of T and C scouring, which obviously is never fun, but um, but hopefully it can, can avoid nasty surprises further down the line. And then just I mean general sort of golden rules when taking out any any type of credit. Think you know think about setting a spending limit. One of the things that, that can be tricky with, with buy now, pay later is that you're essentially taking out lots of mini loans. Um, you know, if, if you're shopping online regularly, you might you might be losing track of of all these small pieces of credit that you're that you're taking out. So make sure you've got an eye at all times on how much that is that is mounting up to and that you have got the wherewithal to be able to, to, to meet those repayments when they're due. Setting up reminders is quite a, a handy way to, to make sure that you're you're hitting those those repayments and you know what's coming down the track. If you do run into any difficulty, don't keep those problems to yourself. If if you're struggling to to meet the repayments, contact the the, the buy now pay later company. They might be able to uh, to freeze late fees or just come to come to a different arrangement that will help to help you to to settle those payments in a way that that best suits you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you've got a comment or question on anything we've mentioned today, please let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to the podcast or on social media at Witch Money. For more money news and advice on all things personal finance, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money Podcast was produced and edited by Rob Lilly with additional support from Ian Aikman and Kim Carver. Thank you.